Thanks for joining us for our conversation this week. I'm Amy Tokas, co-host with Sandy Lane. Inspiration helps us move forward to a better place or mindset. Moving forward typically requires the first step and then the second. It needs a process. In this podcast, Sandy and I share inspirations and how we discovered the need for the process. Always keeping it real. Thanks for listening to Your Real, Your Ideal. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Sandy. Amy, happy podcast day. Happy podcast day to you. We're back. Yes. How's the weather there in beautiful Colorado? Gorgeous. Uh, Just giving it one more week before I plant my annuals just to make sure we're done with cold freezes. But yeah, all the landscaping, the cleanup's done. My bulbs are up and I'm taking it all in. My legs are getting used to wearing shorts. How about you? How's Kansas City? Same. I have had the same situation of, oh my gosh, it is now hot and I am wearing shorts. And so it's like, okay, I need to like put some lotion on those legs and get them uh, so they don't have their winter white sheen as usual. (laughs) So anyway, time transition time, which is a really good segue into our topic today, this transition time, um, kind of. I'll say that I'll let you introduce the topic because you you brought it forward. And I, and I love um, this question that you're going to share with us. And for you, this probably comes very intuitively. And for me, it was a little bit of an aha on pushing things to the next step. So the the topic of our, our title is what's your process During COVID, one of the books uh, our virtual group read together was Matthew McConaughey's Green Light and Green Lights, sorry. And it was a wonderful book. And it ended up uh, being, uh, when we had the conversation, many people brought their husbands. My husband loved it. My son read it. And a lot of people thought it was about him and a celebrity, but he had all these great insights and ideas. And it was very motivational. And uh, so fast forward and it's three years and somehow on my feed, uh, I started seeing that there was going to be some type of a Matthew McConaughey virtual retreat with Tony Robbins and a whole bunch of people like Tony Robbins. And Matthew's comment was where this virtual event came from was uh, being challenged by Tony Robbins saying, hey, this is a great book. You provide so many great insights. It's very motivational. It's inspirational, but people want to know what's the process. So how, how do I apply it? What's the process? You left them feeling good, but how do they apply it to their own lives? And in order to do that, you need to give them a process so that it's more than just inspiration and aha, this is so wonderful. What's the process? And I loved the simplicity of that, Amy, because I tend to be a person that, you know, I'll give a speech, a workshop, strengths coaching as an example. And it's easy to leave inspired and motivated and leave people with that. But to for both myself and for other people, how do you take that, make a plan, and even more importantly, have a process that you're implementing the motivation into your daily life. And 
I've been using that phrase quite a bit in different things saying, Hey, you know, I want to do this, but without a process, am I getting, am I, am I actually achieving goals? So that's where the topic came from. And I thought, Amy, the process queen is going to say, you mean you don't think what's the process right after, you know, you read something, you're inspired, you, you make, you, you set a goal, you don't come up with a process, but I don't think most people do intuitively, Amy, based on, I think he had 3 million people that signed up for this virtual conference. I'm like, okay, they want a process. That is hysterical to me. And I'm sitting here trying to laugh quietly because as I do a lot of video or editing, I'm always laughing in the background with you. So I'm trying to like very quietly laugh and not interrupt you. So you're right. As you're telling this whole story, I'm like, I don't get this not having a process. Like if you have a goal, you have to know how you're going to get there, right? But to me, this is kind of a funny question because my mind very intuitively just says, okay, what's the first step? Like, that's the first thing that I go to is what's the first step? I don't have to think through the whole process, but I'm at least when I have a goal or I have a thing, I'm like, all right, what's the first step that's going to get me going, moving that direction? Or like, what's the first step? If I have any kind of project, what's the first step to get it started? So anyway, you're right. I am very intuitively like we need a process. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, I don't grasp onto a lot of inspirational fluff. So that's where I lack like that. Like I can identify a process and I'm noticing that because I'm developing my keynote Mm -hmm. and working on creating that. And I've got this great process and I'm having more trouble with the inspiration and the fluff where you're probably really good with the, the inspiration and it's like, okay, what's the process? And I think too, so, so with anything, we're talking about inspiration. Uh, I'll give an example, strengths, okay. Gallup strengths. I'm a certified coach. I, people, I would say typically this is how it works. People take their test, they get their top five and they're kind of blown away with, oh my gosh, this is so me. They laugh, they give examples, you know, I'll coach them through how to, you know, how to use them, that they basically, even before how to use them, it's uh, why they identify with them and kind of break it up and they leave with, this is so me. Okay. But then six months later, other than saying, this is so me, not necessarily inspiration, but maybe identification, right? Have they done anything with those to implement anything in their life back to how to do the process? What, what do you do with them? Right. Or, you know, how many people I know that sign up and say, I'm going to do a half marathon and they don't have a plan. The plan is I signed up. So now I committed. So that's my goal, but there's not, what's the process to get there? And sometimes they just, it amazes me that sold out events like that. They'll say we're sold out, but then I'll read later that it was a thousand and 700 people showed up. So are the 300 because they didn't have a process and they thought if I sign up for it, I'm going to, that that's enough motivation for me to do it. 
but before you know it, you're two weeks away from the event. I think weight loss is another one committing and saying, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm inspired. And they kind of, people take it day by day, but there's no process in how they're going to get there. Right. Right. Is it very interesting? Just the whole concept of how we approach, everybody approaches things differently. And I'm thinking of strengths finder and I did exactly what you said. I got them. I loved them. They were so me. And I was very interested in sharing them with others as an identifier. Right. So just so you know who I am, this is who I am, but I didn't do anything beyond that with them. It, it was helpful to know what other people's strengths were, the people that I work with mm-hmm. to help, you know, make those relationships work better. So I understood them better, but, um, I never did anything else with my strengths finder. And that's usually with strengths, Myers-Briggs, any of those testing, usually if there's one, I don't want to say complaint, there's usually one or two people that say, this is really nice, but what do I do with it? Not everybody else has taken it. So I can't say, Oh, show me yours, you know, so we know how to work together. What do I do with it? And there are practical things, right? And and I'll tell you too, there's a reason that Atomic Habits is so popular because really there's so much embedded in that in, in maintaining processes, setting processes and simplifying it. So it's not like you're doing this incredibly huge flow chart, but how to implement things because there's so much that comes out of habits, right? And isn't the best process, well, I guess, my mind it's if it's for yourself to keep it pretty simple attainable right and then repeat 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 and have it become a habit right have it become part of your daily life right that's the habits yes atomic habits and that atomic habits they set up all the processes for all to get to wherever you want to go go or goal what your goal is or where you want to go and it's the process. That's very interesting and uh, very insightful, Sandy. So when you were talking about the process, did you ever diagram sentences? Yes. I'm sure you- I, I tell you, it's been yeah. school time. I mean, yes, okay. but yeah. it's okay. not in my adulthood. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have helping children do it only because, but there is um, process mapping. And so when you were talking about what's the process? And that question was raised. That is where my head went to was this whole process mapping. And it was a, you know, this is an action. This is the next step. This is the next step. And oh, here's a decision you have to make at this step. Like, are you going to do this or this? And it maps and here's the inputs. And it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a fun thing to do if you are trying to streamline a process, which I like to streamline processes, but if you map something out, which I've done with some of my clients where we have multi many step processes, you map it out. And then it's like, all right, how can I simplify this? How can I, what are all the steps and all the decision points and where, where am I getting lost in this process? Because it's so long, like it's right here that I like shut down and I don't finish it. So if my goal is this, 
you know, all those steps. Anyway, process mapping is kind of a easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Just step-by-step step identifying what the steps are, what the decisions are. And if you have inputs, like you're waiting on somebody for something at this point, you know, then you identify that's the challenge. So you and I are both, I signed up for the workshop, the mic drop workshop. You did. Okay. The full one. Yeah. It's yes, awesome. And I got to tell you too, it's okay. So keep going. Okay. So I signed up for that and this conversation made me think of this workshop. So you and I are both doing this mic drop workshop. You've already done it. You've Mm -hmm. done the whole thing. I'm just like starting it and it's to help us with our speaking and our keynote and, you know, help build that process. It is a process. Exactly. That is exactly what I was thinking when I was going through this, I was like, okay, she not only inspires you to be a better keynote speaker and you know, have everything better. She gives you the process step by step. And exactly that. And I'll use that as an example. You know, I have done public speaking probably my whole professional career on different subjects. Some of them were more back in my CPA days, it was more non-paid for my professional associations. And it's so interesting, you know, back to going through experience gives you one thing, but having somebody who's been through it and can weigh out the pros and cons of different things is a beautiful thing. Um, Thus why you pay for a program like that, because I have, there's wins and losses. You know, I, I do like to do online workshops and some things come free. Some things have been really expensive and I've, it's all over the board on those that are good and those that aren't. And I've had some I've had one that I can think of that I'm not going to share that was really expensive. And this was on a different, uh, whole different line, but um, it was very inspirational. And all of her advertisements up to it were, wow, I want to do it. I want, I want what she's having, but I've been, I went through the course twice. I'm like, it just is very wishy-washy in how, how to actually launch it. There wasn't a good process. Now that we're talking, I'm thinking there was way too much inspiration and not a mu- not enough roadmap, not enough process. And most people buying it wanted a process because they were already inspired. You know, the inspiration gets you there and then you got to put in the hard work because process is usually not pretty either. It's, it's, it's the heavy lifting. It, it takes work, you know, there's certain parts using this mic drop workshop. There's a few that I've done. I probably watched two or three times because I'm a little hung up on it. It's going to, I know I've got to do a few more steps to complete that step and it's work. It's tactical and it's time and it's work. So I bring this up because Jess Ekstrom is the one presenting and she's got this really great process to help us. But you and I are both going out and doing keynotes. So is your keynote, are you sharing a process or are you inspiration? Because I'm trying to like, because I am sharing a process and I'm trying to like, okay, now I need to inspire. (laughs) So here's what I'm doing is the keynote is the inspiration because it's the why. And then I have workshops that are the how. So 
I don't get into the process and the keynote, people aren't going to walk away and say, oh, I didn't get the full thing. But if they're further inspired, I've got plenty of tools, whether it's workshop online, workshop in person, and a journal. But then I would tell you too, I have one that I take the workshop that I'll go and do the keynote and with a workshop with it, that we have a working workshop within the time frame too. So it's difficult though, Amy, because you have to tell yourself in your mind, what am I trying to accomplish here? What do they want? Right. And I think right. that's with anything because inspiration is good. Not everyone wants a process. My example would be, even though I loved the Matthew McConaughey book, I watched some of the virtual there. They did give you a process. It was a lot, but I don't, I, that, that I don't need that process right now because process takes time. And I've got five different processes in place for my writing, you know, the keynote, all the things that go with it. And I don't have time. I think it's worthy, but it's not something I want right now. It's not a goal, what they're doing. So the inspiration was good for me on this, but I actually didn't want his full program with Tony Robbins in the process, maybe at some point in my life. So it's okay to do inspiration without process. But then if you do want to take it to the next step and set goals, you need, you need more than a plan. A plan is saying I commit to it, right? A process is very specific in the steps in that plan. Am I saying that correctly? I even looked up the definition yeah. of two words, plan versus process. Oh, well done. Well done. And the inspiration is what inspires the plan, mm -hmm. but the process is the steps to get to that. To get to that. And then I think I yeah. did and Amy, I don't know if I said, I think I said this when we were offline, we were talking about Jess's mic drop because I was done at the very end um, when I completed this online workshop. And I think there were 44 modules in it. So it does take some time. You know, listeners might think, oh, it's a keynote speech. Oh my gosh. You know, there's things like the technical issues about the sound checks, what to wear, microphones being placed on your you know, on your clothing to contracting, invoicing, you know, there's a lot that goes with it. But when I got to the end, she said, congratulations, you finished. Statistics show, not just with their workshops, online, when people sign up for a class, uh, uh, an online class, I think only like less than 5% complete it. I mean, it's a, it's a really low statistic of people that actually go all the way through and now that we're talking about this, after me giving the example of Matthew McConaughey, it'd be interesting, okay, of the 3 million people, how many sign up for the process and then how many are going to actually complete it because it's the hard work. It's hard. Right. right. And it takes time because I've just started her stuff and each of her modules, there's homework. Like, or most of them, some of them, there's not some of them, there's like a little pause in it, but it usually has you go back and you have to do something because she's has this process and she wants you to build on it. So you have to keep doing these little things and then you end up with this big, beautiful thing. But, um, it's not like just sitting there and listening for 10 minutes and then you listen to the next one. You got a whole bunch of work in between. So I can see where only 5% would finish it because I have gotten to the, I've done some other, like a lot of pre-work on my actual content and stuff. Um, 
but I've gotten to the slide part and I'm like, all right, I'm going to rework my slides. And so here <laughs> we go. I got to pause this right here. I got to find my slides. I got to figure out redeveloping it. So it's better than what it was. And you know what I think too, most people would say they didn't quit, but there's a lot of quiet quitters, meaning people pause, they don't go back to it. So it would also be interesting how many people start something that say, well, I haven't quit. I'm going to finish that. I would think that's probably the largest percentage. They yeah. say, I'm going to go back to it or, oh, that step looks hard. I got to do some, and I'm guilty of this, of all of a sudden I look at my notes. I'm thinking, how can it be a month since I looked at this? Because I thought, oh, that's a big block of work. Okay. I need a full day with no interruptions. How yeah. many people do put their process on hold for the perfect time and don't progress to the next step. Sandy, that is one of the biggest obstacles when it comes to getting stuff done. That's one of the biggest reasons people procrastinate is they make things so big that they have to set aside a whole afternoon to do it. And then, um, then when that afternoon comes, they don't have a whole afternoon. They have other things they need to do also. So they procrastinate it until another time when they have a big block of time. I used, I hate to say that. I, hate, I should, you're going to be like, Amy, that's so shameful. <laughs> so, but I used to do that when we lived in Omaha, our house was larger than it is now. And we had two hairy dogs. And I have this flexible schedule where I could schedule vacuuming in my week so that I would get it done. And so, you know, I started doing, um, <laughs> I would set it aside for a whole afternoon to vacuum. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, it never took me a whole afternoon, but I would block off the whole afternoon because, and then sometimes I'd procrastinate and move it to a different day because it was, was such a big chunk of time. One time I actually timed the activity. Actually, what happened was I went out and took a long walk and I was sweaty and I hadn't vacuumed that afternoon and I needed to take a shower, but I wasn't ready to put on my pajamas. It was late at night or it was later. And so I was like, well, so if I vacuum from 7.30 to 8.00, then I can take a shower at eight and then, then it's acceptable to be in my pajamas. Total mind game. Right. But anyway, but I vacuumed for half an hour and I got all of my vacuuming done. And I just started giggling at myself because I'm like, here, I've been setting aside a whole afternoon to do this. It's such a pain to vacuum. It was less than a half an hour. And, um, I do that with a lot of my things that are hard. If it's hard, it's like this big thing and I've got to put a lot of time to it. So the time thing, here's my example. And I'm doing my visual about moving something on the calendar. I had decided <clears throat> after we got back from Patagonia about a month later, I renewed my pass for yoga. And I told, I said, I'm committing to two yoga sessions a week. And so I'd look at my back to plan and a process look at their schedule, put two on the calendar a week. And Amy, I kept, oh, that's not going to work because when am I going to walk the dog? I've got to get my long run in. I'm also training for a half marathon. 
And I like to do continual strength training. My dog needs walked. <clears throat> I do silver sneakers with my mom. It kept move, move, move. And finally I took a step back and I thought, okay, I actually did the math in if I did the two yogas, the, the and, and a long runs, 12 miles two three runs a week, two silver sneakers with my mom, five of strength. Plus I walk the dog. It's like, I'd be working out three times a day. And so I said, this is, I chose a process that made no sense at the end of the day that I was stressing myself out trying to get it done. And so my decision was, you know what, once a week during the summertime, when I'm running a lot, when I have a running plan, and then in the winter months, that's when I'll revisit and go to the two times. And you know what, I'm one time a week, it's a process that's doable because the thing I err on is over committing like, oh, I'll choose a process. Let's bite on five different things at once. So I'm quite proud of myself for not doing the Matthew McConaughey, Tony Robbins, because I typically say yes, but now I do yoga once a week. I'm not moving it on my calendar. I'm choosing the one time and it's doable. It's a doable, it's a attainable goal and yeah, two times a week sounded great, but I'd have to, something else would have to give for that process to be attainable. You know what? I love that you used the data and added it all up because that's what I think that data, and I'm just a huge proponent of knowing the real data because a lot of times what's in our head right. is unattainable. It's unrealistic. It's unattainable. It's not like me, the vacuuming didn't take me all afternoon. Right. And once I had that 30 minutes, I was like, oh, I can fit that in right after lunch. And I still have my afternoon to schedule other stuff. You know, it was just like, I don't have to set aside a whole afternoon for that. It, it's gotta be, it's gotta be attainable and it's gotta be realistic. Right. And dad is helpful to know that timing it and figuring it out, adding it all up is important. And I think at the end of the day, just asking myself, asking the question when I want to go after the shiny nickel or something that looks very inspiring to me is what's the process. And then back to look at my example of the exercise. Is it attainable? You know, what, what, what would, what would that look like? Right. What's the data showing for, for me, it's usually time trying to find time for it. Does, does that work or do I have to give something else up? Cause maybe it's worth giving something else up because process takes time. It's an action. Yeah. Process Even is if an it's action. Thought, it's an action. Right. So what's an inspiration is there an inspiration out there for you that you are inspired by, but you've yet to identify a process for, you know, you know, it would be a good one, honestly. And this is, is uh, weight loss. And I laugh because I have like this little number that I'll put on, it keeps coming up and it's like, oh my gosh, Sandy, you've talked about this forever that you want to be this weight, but all of a sudden sister. two months later, it's just there. So that's an easy one, but I've never yeah. defined a process for doing that. And I mean, I've done it before, so I know what it takes, but isn't that funny that I just, let's just keep writing the number down and we'll <laughs> thinking maybe it will happen. And then the funny thing is because my exercise, I have a complete process for that. And I make sure I check the boxes. It's naturally coming off anyway, but I'd say weight loss. 
Yeah. I would say weight loss is probably a good one. I, there's lots of stuff that I sit and I'm like, oh, that's so inspiring. And then I don't set up the process to do it. Um, I'm trying to think through some of my examples. Usually it's like, Ooh, well, you, here's an example. You inspired me to that. She is Durango was very inspiring to me. And I remember when I was moving to Kansas city, I was like, Oh, that would be fun to do in Kansas city. So you inspired me, but I never set up a process or anything to actually start it. So I, I think about stuff like that, that I have these, Oh, this is cool. This is a fun inspiration, but I've never like actually done it. Do you, what I do with things like that is I, I have like this little master sheet that I put these little ideas I did a little library project in Boise that was so much fun. And I had a lot of people that followed it where I went to the, the little libraries and now I've got a GoPro that's been on my list. And I said, oh, once it's nice and it's spring, but I haven't done it yet. But part of it is time. And I thought I've got a few more things. Jess actually has another one for uh, book writing because she's a published author and I've been through it once, but at the time I wasn't as serious about it. And now I am, I'm actually pulling okay. my book together that comes first because so I'm inspired to do the little library project. I need to put a process together, but when is it going to move off my list? Right. My visual. Right. right. <laughs> and we can't do everything. That's right. what I keep saying. We can't do everything. I was pretty proud of myself just this week. Cause I got a library card when we moved in and this week I was like, all right, I am going to really start using the library. And I went in and I got the app and I'm like, oh, I'm going to start reserving these books that I want to read. And I'll have my summer reading all set up. I got an alert today that one of my books is ready. I was like, oh, hey, look at this. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to have a process. I'm going to go pick the book up. I'm going to enjoy it. But anyway, it's like sometimes Sometimes the priorities, the inspiration and priorities just don't rise to the level of doing it. And then, but when they do, and they are important, having the process behind them will help you get to wherever you want to be in the project, get it done. All right. So let's talk about the real and the ideal in this. Hmm. I would say there's always, uh, the real is that there's always inspiration out there, but you mentioned there's gotta be something to back up inspiration to make it happen. You gotta have steps. You gotta, what's your process? What's your, how are you going to get there? And right. if it takes a lot of time, maybe, maybe the end goal needs to change a little bit too, right? Uh, yoga, right? Yeah. Or remembering atomic habits and just, okay, what's the first step and let's build on that. Like, let's start there and it can be a slow process. Moving forward is better than not moving at all. Mm -hmm. And right. an object does not move. Right. <laughs> and then the ideal is. Inspiration can come to life. You know, it, it's to be inspired and want something it's yours to have set up a process and it doesn't have to be 
55 steps. It doesn't, you know, we're kind of overwhelming people with, oh, it took 44 steps to perfect our keynote. But, you know, sometimes it's just signing up and showing up, right? Like yoga, read the classes, pick one that's for beginners, show up. I I mean, (laughs) some of the processes for things that you're inspired or want to do are not, do not include 50 steps to get to the end. Yeah. A lot of ways to get there. It's being, it's being realistic. Being realistic and it doesn't have to look perfect. I think that's really the ideal of just go, just do, it doesn't have to be perfect, but at least you're moving toward wherever you want to be. You know, I just keep perfecting the process. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, good conversation, Sandy. Thank you. Keep asking myself the question, Amy. What comes to you, I'm going to keep asking the question. All right. (laughs) Until next week. Okay. Thanks, Sandy. Bye. Bye.